All right, now hear the word of the Lord. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. It's the word of the Lord. So why don't we warmly welcome Pastor Ang as he comes up to preach God's word. Good morning, Cornerstone. Can you hear me? It is my honor to speak to the English congregation today, and Pastor Jeff is in, in sabbatical. I'm glad to share a message with you. Our church has three congregations, as Pastor Paul has spoken, English, Cantonese, and Mandarin. Three congregations, one church. Just as the human body has many members, it's still one body, and each congregation can function on its own, yet three congregations are interrelated. When one pastor is, in, is on sabbatical, the other pastors share the load. In our church vision statement, one of the focuses is to establish interdependent ministries among three congregations. And our motto is the Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, three in one. So I desire the English congregation to rise up and become leaders of this church. I'm glad to see two deacons from the English congregations serving in our church board this year. And as an immigrant of the older generation and with the other church leaders, I want to empower new generations of church leaders coming from the English congregation as the Chinese congregation, we are getting older, and you will play a significant role in the future of our church. Today's message is about 
future. This future could be 100 years from now or weeks or even days from today when we don't know when. One day we will be in heaven. Mitch Aubum is an American Jewish writer born in Passaic, New Jersey, close to us, has written a very thought-provoking book called five, The Five People You Meet in Heaven. I don't know how many of you have read the book or saw the movie. Okay, great. Um, the novel later on turned into a movie. The beginning is about a man called Eddie. He's a healthy, hardworking veteran, works at an amusement park called Ruby Pier. He's a ride mechanic. His duty is to check that every Ferris wheels, roller coasters, jumping machines are safe. He has worked there for a long time with his father. Today is his 83rd birthday. And he's spending the birthday at work just as usual. But then a mechanical failure happened, and he was killed trying to save a girl. When he woke up, he realized that he's in heaven. And the first person he met was a blue man. When the blue man saw Eddie, he happily told him, Eddie, so glad to see you. I want to let you know that my death has something to do with you. And Eddie said, I don't even know you. Why your death has something to do with me? And then the blue man replied, do you remember when you were young, you and your brother Joe played baseball and the ball was knocked out of the street. Suddenly a car passed by. Seeing a child rushing across the road, he immediately braked and then dodged, but the car lost control and crashed. The driver was shocked, had a heart attack, died, and the driver was me. After hearing this, Eddie felt uncomfortable and replied, well, it's none of my business. You have a heart attack, but it's not my fault. But the blue man said, I want to meet you because I want you to know a very important truth. The same accident, it is a happy thing for you and your brother. You're not killed. You continue to have fun. But in order to save you, I died, leaving my wife and children behind. But I didn't sacrifice in vain because one person's sacrifice saves another person's life. The blue man gave Eddie a very different view of life. Continuing his journey to heaven, Eddie met a second person, the captain, who fought alongside with him during the Second World War. One time they were fighting in the Philippines and Eddie rushed into, trying to rush into a house on fire to save an innocent child. Before entering the house, Eddie was hit by a gunshot, and his leg was injured. 
he was in his 20s, and since then, he had to walk with a limp. Eddie never knew who shot the gun. Captain said, I shot you in the foot. Hearing this, Eddie was very angry. Captain said, do you know why I shot you? Because you were rushing into the house and a time bomb was about to explode. You could get in, but you cannot get out. I yelled at you, but you could not hear. The only thing to stop, the only way to stop you is to hurt your feet. Because of this, you have hold grudges for decades. Also, do you know how I died? Just because I'm the captain of a team of four, I promise you that I will do my best to bring all of you back to the United States to meet your wife and your children. One time, our military vehicle was on the road and it was about to pass a landmine. In split second, I jumped on the landmine. It exploded. I died. But the four of you went home safely. I was killed, but I was proud of it because I did what I promised. Everyone will face some misfortunes, but if my misfortune can bring blessing to others, then why not? You sacrifice your food and you hold grudges for decades. I sacrifice my life, but I was proud of it. Eddie continues his journey and comes to a mountain village. The third person he meets is Lady Ruby, the owner of the Ruby Playground. Eddie and his dad worked here and made a living. And Ruby talked about the grievances he had with his dad in the past. Eddie has always hated his dad because he thought he was harsh, rude, impatient, unloving, lost his temper all the time. But Lady Ruby told him that, uh, took him to the old kitchen at his parents' house. Eddie saw his mother cooking, and suddenly a man called Mickey, who also worked at Ruby Pierre came into the kitchen and molested his mother. Suddenly, Eddie's father appeared, and Mickey saw this. He was afraid, and Eddie's dad took an axe and chased after Mickey, and Mickey felt guilty. He ran as fast as possible for his life, and then at the seaside pier, he had nowhere to go. So desperately, he jumped into the pier, into the water. But Mickey didn't know how to swim. Then Eddie's dad arrived and then put down his axe and jumped into the water to rescue Mickey. Because the water was so cold and Eddie's dad contracted typhoid fever, then pneumonia, then he died. 
Ruby is teaching Eddie a very important lesson, which is called forgiveness. His dad had forgiven Mickey. Likewise, Eddie should forgive the hurt that his father has caused him. A person is not completely good or bad. A wicked, nasty person also has a good side. Why don't we learn to forgive? Eddie continues his journey and meets the fourth person in heaven. He sees his wife, Margarita. She died of brain cancer at the age of young 47. She has been Eddie's source of joy and happiness. Eddie felt his life could never be happy again without her. Margarita took Eddie to a heaven full of weddings to teach him an important truth that even though I die young at the age of 47, but I never left your heart, I will still in your heart, in your memory, forever. Earthly life can end, but love never fails. Eddie meets the fifth person, a Filipino girl named Tala. During the war, Eddie was ordered to destroy a hut with a bomb. When he entered the hut, he saw something was moving. He wasn't sure whether it was an animal or a human. But because time was pressing, he didn't have time to investigate. So he set off the bump. Tala showed Eddie her burned body. When Eddie saw her, he felt very guilty because he killed an innocent five-year-old Tala comforted him, comforted him, saying, Eddie, God does nothing wrong. God took me to heaven early, but God let you stay on earth for a long time so that you could work at Ruby Pier and brought happiness to thousands of children. I did not have that chance, but you did. Eddie went on to say, when Ruby P had an accident, I was, it was an emergency. I just pushed the little kid away. When I died, the little kid dragged me into heaven. And I thought all the way that I couldn't save this kid. She died and took me in. But Tala said, listen, it wasn't the girl who dragged you into heaven. It was me. The girl is still alive because you sacrificed your life. She continued to live happily on earth. Tala wants to teach Eddie an important truth that his life and his death was not wasted. He has brought so much joy to countless children. At the end of the story, Eddie has met five significant people in his life. He's sat in a peaceful park of heaven where he can spend eternity with his love, Margarita, happily ever after. Well, 
is a good story. What does it teach us? The book is teaching us how to live our earthly life from heaven's perspective. But we're not sure whether this will actually happen when we go to heaven. What is heaven like? Do we play harps all day, lounging around in cloud nine, living in enormous mansions, solid gold streaks? Does it mean all, we all have white, long white robes and matching sandals and then glowing halos and then flapping wings, flying in heavens all day long, saying hallelujah? Probably not. What does the Bible says about heaven? Well, Revelation 21 tells us that we will live in a new heaven and a new earth. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth has passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Well, why there is no more sea? Because sea in the Hebrew culture, in the Bible, often signifies something evil, danger. And particularly for the author of Revelation, John the Apostle, he was in exile. He was in prison in Patmos Island. And all he sees, all this sea. No people, no internet, no Wi-Fi, no email. He could talk to nobody. See, to him, was a curse. In the new heaven and the new earth, it means that the old creation must make way for the new creation. And Jesus called this in Matthew 19, called the regeneration of the earth. Our church theme this year is generation to generation. When one generation passed, the new generation comes in, is renewed. Apostle Peter in 2 Peter chapter 3 talks about a cleansing of this earth and heaven and a renewing by fire. Everything we love, we cherish, one day will disappear. Well, Bible students not, cannot agree on whether all the old elements will be renewed or whether the old will be completely destroyed and then a whole new creation ushered in. We can only guess. I wonder how many of you remember the old Matilda house? How many of you ever stepped in, taught Sunday school, attend Sunday school there? Some of you. I was there too. 2015, we demolished old Matilda House and rebuilt a new building. We even had a contest of the new name, and finally the winner is Matilda Ministry Center. Some impressive features, like an elevator for the, ele for the elderly, a nursery for the baby, an activity room for the youth, a chapel for the Cantonese worship, several classrooms for different age group children, adults, very functional, 
But the new heaven and the new earth will be a thousand more functional and beautiful than the Matilda Ministry Center. If you are born again Christian, you and I will be there. The Bible talks about three heavens. First heaven is the atmosphere, the clouds, the birds. Second heaven, the starry, starry heavens, the moon, the stars, the sun, the galaxy, the cosmos. The third heaven is beyond the cosmos, the dwelling place of God, where the good angels and the saints, you and I, will live there forever. Verse 2, John's attention was then directed to a specific feature of the new heaven and the new earth called the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. Because the old Jerusalem was wicked, like Sodom and Gomorrah and Egypt, but the new Jerusalem will be pure, spotless, without blemish. She comes down as a wonderful gift of grace, as a bride prepared, like a bride adored for her husband, the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. Just two days ago, I attended a wedding at this church, CCUJ, Christian Church United by Jesus, a Spanish congregation. A wedding. You see the clothes are matching and the handsome young men, beautiful young women, the happy parents and the bride and the groom. And the bride is the daughter of Pastor Samiendo and his wife. Of course, the most happy would be the bride, Evelyn, and the groom, Caleb. How exciting that day was and how exciting that day will be when we attend the wedding of the groom, Christ and the bride, the church, which consists of all the saints and the believers of Old Testament and the New Testament. If you are born in Christian, you will attend this wedding. What will eternity be? We will enjoy intimate relationship with our God. Verse 3, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold! The dwelling place of God is with men. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. Dwelling place, tabernacle, the Greek word skenoo. It means that when the Israelites, they exited from Egypt, in a journey in the desert, they would build tents. And then among the tents, there are like 12 tribes, three tribes in the east, three in the south, three in the west, and three tribes in the north. And in the center is the tabernacle of God, the place that where Moses meet Yahweh and talked with him. And God was in their midst, tabernacle, with the Israelites. 
I remember when I was little in Hong Kong, my sister and two brothers, my mom and my dad would live in a temporary shelter area in Hong Kong. All six of us huddled together in one small hut in one large bed. It signifies security and intimacy. Revelation 21 shows us that one day in heaven, imagine God himself will be with us, not virtual presence, not Zoom, not online, not on YouTube. God himself, physically, in person, with us, Shekinah glory with his people. Not an angel, not a nanny, not a substitute teacher. God himself will be with his people, and he will be their God, safe, security, intimacy. That's heaven. Also, we will no longer experience the horrible effects of sin. Verse 4, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more, neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Yesterday I attended a Mandarin burial service of one of our church members. Pastor Jay shared from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, that the sojourner, the pilgrim, Abraham, left his hometown because he was hoping for a more beautiful city, the city of God. Oftentimes in funeral, we would read scriptures like that in Revelation 21. Because in this sinful, fallen world, sin has left so many people bitten and broken, pain, sickness, death. And God promises that, that in the new heaven, in the new earth, there will be certain things, will be no more. Tears, death, grief, crying, pain, COVID-19, monkeypox, will not be there. The effects of sin are wiped out forever. In Revelation 7, John said, for the Lamb who is at the center of the throne will shepherd them, the believers. He will wipe them, he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. A famous pastor of last generation, Adrian Rogers, used to say that death is only a comma to a Christian, not a period. The sentence will continue. After death is eternal life. Yes, in eternity, all former things associated with the fallen world and sin will pass away. They will never come back. Also, in the new heaven and new earth, our deepest desire will be satisfied. Verse 6. And he said to me, it is done, it is finished. Tetelestai, it is all paid for, 
like your last mortgage payment. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. Alpha, the first alphabet of Greek, Omega, the last alphabet. Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He is the author of everything, every human life. And then at the end of human history, every person will come before him and give an account of our lives. He owns everything. He's in charge of everything. He meets our every desires. John chapter 7, Jesus on the last and the most important day of the festival stood up and cried out, If anyone is thirsty, he should come to me and drink. The one who believes in me, as the scripture has said, will have streams of living water flowing from deep within. I don't know if you like Coca-Cola in this hot 100 degree summer day. It is very satisfying. If you are thirsty, come to Christ and be satisfied. It costs you nothing because Christ paid it all. Tetelestai. You can be satisfied forever. This is God's amazing grace. Charles Spurgeon, a great preacher, once said that what does a thirsty man do to get rid of his thirst? He drinks and you'll be satisfied. All the promise given before comes with a condition that you accept Jesus Christ as a personal savior and the Lord of your life. But if you choose to reject him, you won't be qualified for the new heaven and the new earth. The challenge is that God calls you to be conquerors, not failures. Verse 7, the one who conquers will have this heritage, that I will be his God and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for the murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in a lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. The blessing is, verse 7, is for the conquerors who trust their life in Jesus Christ. And the, warn, the warning in verse 8 are for the sinners who will be heading to the lake of fire without Christ. The theme of conquering or overcoming is a popular theme. In the writing of John, 1 John 5, whoever has, whoever has been born of God conquers the world. This is the victory that has conquered the world. Our faith. And who is the one who conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Tragically, those who never trusted Christ 
while on earth, will face an irreversible judgment. God provided, provides an, a selective, not exhaustive list of people of eight characteristics who do not trust Christ, who rejected Christ, they will spend eternity in the lake of fire. They have these characteristics. The cowards are individuals who, because of fear, do not, do not confess Christ openly. The faithless are those who deny Christ, who don't have faith in Christ by their conduct and their speech. The detestable are those who are polluted by gross acts of idolatry. The murderers are those malicious, savage killers, especially those people who kill Christians during the Great Tribulation at the end time. The sexually immoral are those who live sexual lifestyles contrary to, God, to God's purpose, but also includes those who worship idols. They are spiritual, sexually immoral. The sorcerers are those who mix drugs with the practice of uh, spirit worship, witchcraft, and magic. And the idolaters are those worshippers of idols, images, and um, especially during the Great Tribulations, those who worship the image of the Antichrist, but also included people in this generation who worship money, sex, and power as their god, as their idols. And then all liars are those who habitually deceive others, or even those who are false Christians, false teachers, who never really know Christ, but pretend and speak like Christians. None of these eight kind of people we have access to the new heaven and the new earth. They will not be in the new Jerusalem, but they will spend eternity in the lake of fire that burns with sulfur and fire, which is the second death, eternal separation from God. So the challenge to you and I is that for Christians, what is the purpose of life? Do you desire, is your passion, is to be a champion in sports, computer games, have a great career, be a popular socialite, to make lots of money? Colossians 3 tells us to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. And for those who are not yet Christians, heaven will be the destiny of those who take God at his word and accept Jesus as the personal savior. But if you are not careful, you put it off later and later and later, and even to a point that you completely put this out of your mind forever. Salvation is an urgent matter. Do it now. Receive Jesus today. Shall we pray? Father God, your word is spoken. May your spirit speak to us that we respond positively to your challenges. 
In Christ's name we pray. Amen.